Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by Coordination.com and a legacy member of the Jittery Monkey Podcast family at JitteryMonkey.com, proudly associated with the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko and once again, he is busy with school and you know things that are going to probably lend him a little bit more credibility in the future. No Haas Reuter tonight, but... We are proud to have with us, thawed out finally from his three and a half to four to five maybe hours in the frozen tundra of Minneapolis, Minnesota. He is our fearless leader, John Damn Johnston. Hey, buddy. Are you done? Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound very convincing. Uh, it sure has been a few days since uh, that football game. And nothing yeah. feels better about anything, and I'm starting to feel worse. And I, I'm I'm right. a I'm a half I'm a I'm a glass half full optimist guy like you, John. Um, but and I, and I don't know. Th- th- this is why I'm really excited to have you because have, have you you know to talk about last Saturday's game because you were there in the conditions. You were there on the sideline taking uh, pictures. By the way, I encourage anybody, everybody, to go to coordination.com and uh, look at the post that was shared on Wednesday. And it's uh, Nebraska versus Minnesota 2019. Uh, the photos, I, th- I think it's titled Photos Impressions of Nebraska versus Minnesota. And John, you did a great job, as, as you always do. Uh, not only did you share some really great pictures uh, that you took, but you also explained a little bit of the process, not just of you know, like, uh, I, I don't know, the the technical things of, you know, camera selection and lens selection that, that you had for the game, but how you get credentialed and being down on the sideline when, you know, the uh, marching gophers or whatever the hell they're called are right behind you. And, and the, the differences and similarities, in this case, more differences between being at, you know, Minnesota's stadium versus Memorial Stadium where you have the student section off in the corner, like the redheaded stepchild. You have the band kind of off to the side where they're not making much of an impact. And you said, hey, you know what? If, when when the third quarter is, you know, not going our way and Nebraska is dealing with the marching band and the student section right in this end zone, it can be, I don't know if daunting is the right word or distracting, but... You had a, have a very unique perspective based on on your uh, point of view of this past Saturday's game. Well, let's. I'll tell you what. Let's start at the very beginning. Very good place to start. We got, we got. I'm gonna just. We got beat because Minnesota is a better team. Yeah, you that's, said that. That's flat out it. You know what I mean? They're not Ohio State, but we continually look down on Minnesota, and. That's it's it, you're wrong, okay? 
they're not some stupid Minnesota team that we've slaughtered 84 to 13 in 1983. Okay. They're not that anymore. They are a better team than us. And I know that when people hear me say that, they're going to say this. And I wish Haas was here to argue with me because what he'd say is, no, we have like, I don't know, better receivers. We have this guy's better and that guy's better. That's not what I'm talking about. I think they're I, a better team than us. I think I know what because you, they're all going in the same direction. I swear to God, John, if you say they're all rowing the boat in the same direction, I'm going to slug you through the Skype. Well, the, you know what? That's kind of what they're doing. I, I didn't say it, but you did. I know. Um, it if if I'm uh, I'm just going to to uh, I don't want to paraphrase because I think what you said was you know kind of spot on, but they are the their sum is greater than our parts. Does that make sense? Yes. Like we might have higher, you know, better better recruits or, uh, you know, but Nebraska, and correct me if I'm wrong because I wasn't following college football at the time, but Nebraska in the 90s, were they getting like the best players or were they getting the most out of their players for a common goal? You know what I mean? They were doing both. You have to okay, do both. Well. All right, I mean, uh, that's a bad a example. Good, a good example of okay, let's let's not talk about us. Let's talk about Michigan, or let's talk about Florida State. Okay, all right. You look at Michigan, for example. Michigan has some of the best recruiting around, and I don't follow recruiting, but I know this: they get good players. They've had good offensive line recruits over the last few years, and actually, Jim Harbaugh's had a very good winning record, but he doesn't have a good winning record against. Uh, his rivals, especially Ohio State, or very good teams. And his offense just can't, they can't get out of, you know, they're sluggish. So they got all these great recruits, but they still aren't moving the ball. And then you look at Florida State and you look at th- what talent is available in the state of Florida. And Florida State has had that talent, especially, again, on their offensive line. And their offensive line couldn't block me. <laughs> okay, well, maybe they could. But you know what I mean? You get the point. They're our terrible football team. It has nothing to do with talent unless you can get that talent to move together in the same direction. And those are two examples of football teams that just are not – they're not moving all in the same direction. And by that I mean, you know, when you look at, for example, Nebraska's defense against Minnesota, let's say you had eight guys that were – playing really good on a play and then three guys that were out of position or three guys that went the wrong way on a fake. All it takes is that. And you get beat 34 to seven and your defense looks like shit. And our defense looked like shit. There were, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this question. But obviously both teams had to play in the conditions. I'm not like making this, but it seemed like Nebraska was just, ill-prepared. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong, was Nebraska just sliding all over the turf just a lot more? I don't think they were. I think they had a couple plays. You had that one play where was it uh, J.D. Spielman slipped down and almost caught a long pass from uh, right. uh, one of our quarterbacks, either no, Federal or Bunch, later in the game, I think it was. Uh, I the conditions didn't have anything to do with it. It just seemed to like... To be honest with you, I mean, listen, I, I live in Minnesota... I went out. I was never cold. You know, was it rainy and snowy? Yeah. Who gives a shit? That's the weather. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? If you have a mental problem with the weather, you just just either stay inside in your little sauna and maybe don't be a sports athlete or or a guy that goes down on the field. But you know, it, it, I don't think that we were ill prepared. Um, I think that we have a mentally weak football team. Or a mentally not tough football game, if if that's what you want to say about it. There's a couple different ways to look at that, uh, honestly. Um, I I don't know. Look, this is a team that, you know, we I don't know if it was an excuse or a reason or what that we had last year when the team was 0-4, 0-5, 0-6. was like, hey, this is a team, this is a group of young men who don't know how to win. And, and they were soft. I mean, you know, the Mike Riley did pretty much destroy the football program. But are we are we kind of at a still at a point? Even let me see now. Now I got to do math in my head. Nineteen games into the Scott Frost era, where they still just kind of don't know how to win. Like they haven't figured it out necessarily. No, no, that's not it at all. I mean, we I'm have as to... many wins now. We have as many wins now halfway through the season than we said we had all of last year. Sure. What we don't have is we don't have as many wins as people want us to have. Right. And right. And I we, we I lost to question. Colorado because we got you know complacent in the second half or conservative in the second half. We got destroyed by Ohio State because they're fantastic, and we got beat up by Minnesota because they're flat out a better team. And if people want to argue with me about that. They can damn well argue with me about it. They can call into our phone line and tell me I'm an asshole. I don't care. They're a better team than we are. You can look at P.J. Black with his goofy row-the-bow shit, but it's working for them, and that's all that matters. You can think that he's a goofball, and quite frankly, he is kind of a goofball. <laughs> but if his goofballisms work, what what do you – what would what do you want to be six and zero or four and three? I mean, I think they want to be six and zero. Um, by the way, well, if you want to call into the show and uh, argue with John in, via voicemail, four zero two three two seven eighteen thirty is the number. Um, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I I brought this. Up. I don't know if I ever uh, addressed this on the show. You know, after I guess it was last week. To, no. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it was sometime. I I posted. Anyway, I, I, I digress. Doesn't matter. A couple weeks ago, let's just leave it at that. Uh, I said on the Five Heart Podcast Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the number, or spelled out Five Heart Podcast, I said, we discuss, uh, you know, it, it was the, the question of how many wins would it take for Husker fans to be happy. And I think what you're saying, John, is, you know, more than what we have. Uh, my buddy Jim, who I've known for over 15 years, said, I'm afraid to say it, but I'm thinking it's a national championship to make Big Red Nation happy again. I don't I don't necessarily. There are, the I would say, the silent minority or the quiet minority who see the little things that are being done to improve. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um Neither was Alabama football, if if you remember. Uh, and the Tom Osborne era was not built in a day. And Tom Osborne probably got handed a better, you know, cupboard than Scott Frost did. And I'm not. I mean, it's two different eras of football, so it's not really even the same conversation. 
But I think the the vast majority of people, I mean, I think, I think I said silent minority. I meant silent majority. The vast majority of people see the the little things, you know, week to week that are improving. I, I don't think we had any uh, snaps sail over Noah Vedral's head this week. I'll take that. That's incremental improvement. Haas isn't here, so I've got to uh, get that trademarked slogan in there more than once. Um, it's the we didn't have any turnovers either. We didn't have any turnovers. We came close, right? Um, but we, right. Uh, a few times, yeah, more more than certainly more than we would like. Um, but you know, so so you got to, and and I think no, I I almost said that we didn't have too many penalties, but looking back, I think we did have quite a few penalties, uh, especially little false starts and things like that. Um, but uh, I think it's the 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 silent majority is seeing these little things, but you have the the Vocal minority took me that long of vamping to get that right word. Vocal minority who are, you know, not seeing the results as soon as they would like and think that, you know, we need to burn Rome down and try again. And that's not going to happen or or it shouldn't happen. No, that's true. I mean, uh, it's hard. I mean, when you get beat up by Minnesota, it's hard to kind of. You know, because we've always looked down on Minnesota and, and probably for good reason because we've kicked their ass over a number of years. Uh, I mean, we kicked their ass last year. And after that, P.J. Fleck fired his defensive coordinator and his team came together after that and they figured themselves out. I'm not saying fire coaches because the last thing we need to do is fire coaches. I see people saying fire this guy, fire that guy. What the fuck is wrong with you people? How do you think you're ever going to get a good football team when there's no consistency in coaching across these things? That's the dumbest shit stuff ever. Well, we've talked about that. You know, like Lamar Jackson, for example, uh, is a a 50 year senior. And, you know, how many how many secondary coaches has he gone through, you know, in his five years? Uh, He's finally had some stability in that position over the last two years. You you have to have some semblance of, you know, knowing that the people who are, unless there was like, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know how to, unless there was something unforgivable or, you know, accusation, whatever. But if it's just progress, that's not quite as fast on the field as you'd like it to be. You got to let that play out, you know? And how many times has it been said either on this show or others that that's why Scott Frost, uh, you know, got a seven-year deal because he knew that it wasn't going to be like that. You know, and and we do what we always do in the off season is we start buying into the hype and we expect this to be a ten and two, nine and three, eleven and one, you know, team. And and right now they're looking at about six and six if we're lucky. Yeah, I I, I talked to a former Husker on the field. Uh, it was a very large man. Are you going to name drop? I, and I, I, I asked him. I well, first thing I said to him, because he kind of swore out loud, and I said, "We're not a mentally tough team," and he agreed with me. I kind of threw it out there to see if he would agree with me, and he agreed with me. And then he said he thought it would take Scott Frost six years to get this thing to where we want to be. <laughs> to which I said, six years. 
Good God, I don't, I don't want to wait that long. You know, because I'm like everybody else, I don't want to wait that long. But I was surprised that he said six years. That he goes, he goes, he got a seven year contract, and then he started pointing out that you know our seniors, they're the last of Bo Pelini's class. You know, and and how few of the guys that are out there that are actually you know old enough to be or playing, you know, they were Scott Frost guys. And does that make a difference? Oh, yeah, it does. It does when you get them into the system that you want to play and you get them going in the direction that you want. I'm going to go back to that team thing, and I'm going to make this comparison because I think it's important. When we look at football, we we think that it's completely different than our lives, and it is not, okay? Interesting. All of us work in environments, and a lot of us work in environments where we're on a team, right? And we and we work together on a team to accomplish a project. And all of us are supposed to have tasks assigned to us, and all of us are supposed to kind of share in that task work and do our jobs and then complete that project, and that project is a success. And every one of us, if you at least old enough, has been on projects where you got one or two guys – who aren't doing shit, somebody else has to make up their work for them because they're crap and they, they're they not fired. They're still there because either the management can't find better workers or has problems firing them for whatever reason. But the project doesn't isn't as successful as it could have been or it fails completely. And the reason why is because not everybody on that project team – is pulling the workload, is moving in the same direction. And, yeah, you could say, and honestly, I think 90% of us would all go, well, I had a shitty manager. Well, screw off. You know what? Everybody has shitty managers. Stop blaming that. Get the idea of a team working together in your own workplace. And then you can look at sports teams and understand why they can still have all these athletes and fail miserably because they're not any different than you are in your job. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's the me mentality. Well, we can talk about X's and O's and we can talk about talent and star ratings and stuff like that. And none of those things matter if everybody isn't doing their job. And I really think that that is the biggest problem with this team. Haas, I wish, again, Haas was here to argue with me. But the biggest problem with the team is, uh, you know, guys are not pulling their weight. Guys are, you know, moving in the wrong direction on the snap or something like that. I I do Uh, remember Haas, you you know, we – all off season long, we all we heard were in like personal records in the weight room, and everybody's getting bigger. Uh, and Haas made the comment in the Slack chat room, and I think the the ten minutes that particular day that he had free to pop in on the Slack uh, in the twenty three hours and fifty minutes that he was working on school stuff, uh, he got a ten minute break, uh, chose to spend it with us instead of you know sleeping or taking nutrition, uh, and he said that Jim strength and functional strength on the football field are not necessarily the same thing. And I think that's important for people to remember as well. And I'm, I'm not a gym expert. I mean, you look one look at me and you know, I'm not a gym expert. Um, but all these, you know, personal records and, and, you know, everything, it, you still have to have, I'm going to, I'm going I'm to borrow a, a word from Scott Frost. You still have to have the mindset of it, and I'm not saying these guys aren't all bought in, but for there's there's something there's something about this team that they are 
maybe maybe it's just they're playing better competition than you know they were at the tail end of last year, or um, maybe they're. I, I think it's safe to say they're playing better competition than they were at the beginning of this year, um, with the exception of maybe Colorado. But I think that's given Colorado too much credit. But for whatever reason, this team is not looking like they're making progress, and I think that's you know again on the on on the macro side of things, you can, you know, no snaps flew over Noah Vedral's head. Well, I think Noah Vedral's like six inches taller than Adrian Martinez. That's hyperbole. I don't really think it's that large of a margin. Uh, what I saw from Noah Vedral was, you know, he, when he decided to run the ball, he got out there and ran the ball. He didn't try to, you know, run to the sideline and maybe throw it at the last minute or act like he was going to throw it. He was decisive when he decided to run the football. I think we need to spend a little bit of time talking about some positives before I go nuts, John. Okay, what positives would you like to talk about? <laughs> well, uh, Noah Vedral was pretty decisive when he decided to tuck the ball in. <laughs> okay, you said that. Uh, I took some photos I actually published that showed holes. I mean, when I went back and looked at the photos, there were holes in the Minnesota defensive line. I thought we started the game decently. We just didn't finish that first drive. You know, somebody is standing next to me, and I think, I, what do we make it down to the 30-something? The guy hit me, and he goes, why aren't, why aren't they kicking a field goal? And I said, well, because Nebraska doesn't have any kickers. It, like, it, how, can, how can they not have kickers? And, I'm, and it, it's, like, you know, this is – this is the same school that a decade ago had Alex Henry, and then they had uh, Adi Kunalik, Kunalik uh, Brett yeah. Maher, uh, who, by the yep. way, just drilled. If you didn't see that, I, I shared it in, uh, in, in the Slack, but he drilled a 62-yard field goal at the end of the first half in the Cowboys' eventual loss to the New York Jets. 62 yards, and we don't have – a kicker who can hit reliably a 20-yard field goal. And this is kicker you. So obviously, we have fallen in a big way. In that <laughs> you're, re- you're getting negative already. I know I am. Um, By I'm, the way, go back to the project management thing I just made. Yeah. Uh, I want you to understand that when I'm making this analogy, the project manager is not Scott Frost. This project manager... The project manager, Scott Frost, would be like an executive vice president. Project manager, project manager would be the guy that stands on the field and rallies everybody around him. And if you want to look at Nebraska, what Nebraska is missing a lot this year, it's that guy on both sides of the ball. Who's that guy? And it was supposed to be at least the the I don't know pomp and circumstance might be the the but uh, the brashness of you know being able to say something. In, in a press conference or, you know, it's at Big Ten media days, I think it was supposed to be Muhammad Barry on one side and Adrian Martinez on the other. Now, Adrian Martinez right. didn't see the field uh, on, you know, Saturday. And I thought Noah Vedral did, you know, he, he was a serviceable, you know, at, at times pretty competent, you know, backup. Uh, but Muhammad Barry, I think, has lost a step perhaps this year. And I hate saying that. I'm a big fan of his. And I want him to have, you know, all kinds of success. And I think he will, but it does seem that he's a little slower. Maybe he's trying to do too much because I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe there's just not as much talent around him. Uh, I like the way that Jojo Doman flies to the football and maybe he's got to be that guy. He's got to be, Hey, 
follow my lead. You, I, I didn't, I don't, I haven't seen as much in the last couple of weeks of the defense flying and attacking the football as we saw in the first half of the season. Well, you played, uh, well, you played Minnesota and they really, they, you know what? I'll tell you what. In the third quarter, when they started that first drive, all right, and they just they marched down the field on the ground, and I was surprised at how, I guess I don't have the stats in front of me, but they marched on the ground, and it was a march, and they just you know play after play where they're just running their backs pretty much up the middle and running them in the heart of us, and just and they knew what they were doing. They were taking their feet and stomping us and taking our head and pushing it into the ground and keeping their foot on our neck. And when you want to go again, if you want to go back and argue with me that Minnesota isn't a better team than we are, there's your evidence. 20 points in the third quarter, not really much opposition from us. And the thing about that is, is that side, the side that they were coming into to score is where their student section is and where their band is. And those people are all going insane. Every time they scored, the student section and the band went crazy. The noise down there had to be demoralizing for our players who are already getting their asses kicked when their offense is doing nothing. That's what the that's what on the field was. You can say that, you know, Goldie Gophers flying back across the back and forth across the field on this tribe motorcycle thing. And I swear to God, he's going to kill somebody one of these days. Uh, the cheerleaders are going insane. The band is right. The people from the band are running down onto the field and doing little skits in front of the student section. They had, you know, people had fun at that game. It just wasn't us. Yeah. Um, and, they had, they, they had, did that. And the energy in that part of the field was just off the charts for Minnesota. They had three running backs. If you backs don't think that makes a difference, yards. go down on the freaking field sometime. And and mind you, everybody, that their attendance, like their stadium holds half of Memorial Stadium. Keep that in mind. Their attendance right. this past Saturday night was 43,502. Um, and that's... There, there were a lot of Nebraska... Before, when we were walking in to get our credentials... Uh, there were a lot of Nebraska fans on the streets in the way. You know, I talked to a few of them. Uh, there were a lot, I think there were a lot of fans when the when the game started or when our kids came out of the tunnel. I mean, there was a lot of noise from Nebraska fans early on in that game. So I think it was well attended by Nebraska fans. It certainly wasn't a, oh, let's go take over. Right. Maybe it should have been. And, you know, if you want, if you want to say they're a crappy team and we expect to beat them, maybe we should do the same thing to them. We try to do to everybody else and not take them for granted. Because if we continue to take them for granted, they're going to continue to kick our ass. And I really can't. I can't enforce that enough. Is stop looking down on teams like Minnesota and Northwestern and Purdue and Indiana because we're not better than those teams. We, we are a mediocre team at best that's going to have to fight to get the bowl game. So if you're a Nebraska fan who has this attitude, you constantly look down on those people, knock it off. That's the reality from the, from the media. If you want to go listen to those guys in Omaha and Lincoln that are fighting to keep their jobs and have to say nice things to you so you'll subscribe to their papers, then don't blame them when you get caught up in their hype. How's that for a little fire? 
Well, huh? we got to take a timeout, and I need a clean pair of shorts. <laughs> that got me all. I, 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 I'm ready to run through that brick wall for you now, John. Um, okay, I'm going to go get a glass of water. You know what? It's really different sitting in front of a microphone in an office in a comfortable chair. I feel like, a, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I feel like a radio guy. Well, you should. We'll take a time out when we come back. All right. I'll, I'll be back in a minute. Well, let me let me finish making the outro, John. Dang. All right, John. Oh. John's already gone. Uh, we'll take a time out when we come back. Uh, John will be rehydrated. And uh, hopefully that'll, no, you know, I hope it doesn't quench the fire. Maybe he's going to drink some Guinness. I don't know. Uh, But when we come back, more of the Five Heart Podcast and a couple little interesting tidbits we learned this past week after the Minnesota game. That's tangentially Husker football related. Stick around. Welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko here with John Dam Johnston, who has uh, gotten himself a well-deserved beverage after that pretty epic rant. So, how are you, buddy? I'm all worn out now. I mean, rightfully so, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Rightfully so. <laughs> um, you feel good? Well, I, I, you know what? I'll share with you. My son, my rotten son, sent me one text Saturday night at 11 p.m. He better not have. He did. And it said it is as follows. That was the single most satisfying football game I've ever attended. Did you tell him that he's out of the will? No, he's heard that too many times. (laughs) That's fair. After a while, it just has no effect on him. And they're like, well, screw you. I'm going to get a job and make my own money anyway. Because when you're 18 years old or 19 years old, you're going to be a billionaire by the time you're 30. Everybody has that mindset. How's it working out for him? <laughs> well, I mean, he's still in college for him. I mean, it's, oh, you know, it's, the world's his oyster. Well, good luck to you, rotten son. We're pulling for you to get the hell out of Minnesota, University of Minnesota. I, I, I think a lot of steam went out of this team when Wandale Robinson went off the field. Do you think that it lacked any steam – just not having Adrian Martinez. You know, the, here's the thing. I mean, it's seven points in the first quarter, seven points in the, you know, seven second quarter by Minnesota. You could tell they had momentum, but you could also kind of get the feeling that the game really wasn't out of hand. At the beginning of the third quarter when Minnesota got the ball and, and like I said earlier, marched down the field, You knew it was over. It was done. Literally, our defense could not stop probably plays they even knew were coming. I don't know. But, um, you know, in the first half, I'd say, you know, we had some decent drives. They just stalled out, you know, and you had the – what was it, the fourth down conversion? I don't know how far off that was. It was like a a chain link off or a couple inches. Right. Yeah, it was was – I mean, you could I, you could tell just on the initial spot of this. I, I I didn't think it was it was anywhere close. Um, but yeah, I mean they they brought the chains out and yeah, it was it was, it was that was demoralizing from the get go because you know I think that puts a lot of 
extra pressure on the offense knowing that well we hate it. we don't have a kicker you know and i obviously you're always going for six anyway and we're you know shooting for it, but you get into that situation and you still can't you know you know that hey we don't have a reliable kicker that we can count on to at least come away with some points it was, it was tough yeah and i think that hurts you quite a bit i think it hurts like you know, not being able to get anything out of a decent drive. And, you know, they, I guess they did have a couple decent drives, but they also shot themselves in the foot. That play to the nine that got called back with a block in the back right. occurred pretty much right in front of me. And I mean, that was just, you know, you get a big play and you get a block in the back. And, you know, every time they got something going, they, they shot themselves in the foot. Does that I mean, mean that's kind of been the story this year. So does that mean that if we rolled the, the tape on that? In, on the black in the back that we will uh, see you on the sideline? No, I was, I was actually in the end zone there. Oh, okay. I don't know. Here's the thing. every You can't tell because we're all wearing winter clothes and we're all wearing these big bolty uh, photo vests. So all of the photography guys, you know, I mean, they're wearing these bulky vests. So everybody looks the same pretty much. That's fine. Um, all right, so let's move on then, shall we? Okay. What are we moving on to? Well, since it's the bye week, we're not going to jump into Indiana talk just yet. Let's get Haas in. I know he's probably going to have a few opinions about uh, the first seven games anyway. you know. But the bye week, of course, offers an opportunity for uh, you know the players to get healthy. So hopefully we see you know Adrian Martinez, Vondale Robinson, uh, you know, good to go, ready to roll come next Saturday. But it also provides the opportunity for athletic departments and football programs to drop little noodles of information. And what we learned earlier this week that is coming in 2021, University of Nebraska football corn huskers are going to take on the University of Illinois fighting Illini in Ireland. And let me say, as a Husker fan who has on his bucket list, the trip to Ireland, that one hit me in a good place. I needed to hear that, John. You want to go to Ireland? Oh, I, I, it, it's my wife and I had an Irish themed wedding, and you know we didn't have any money uh, when we got married, but we said our ten year anniversary, let, let's go to Ireland, and that was earlier this year. We never made it, so, uh, it and and I took. A, it took some begging, and maybe not begging, maybe pestering is is the more appropriate term. Um, but I, you know, as soon as the news came out, I said, you know, I said, honey, I actually sent her the tweet that was shared, uh, and so she saw it and she just laughed, you know, a little laugh emoji. And I said, can we go? And she said, uh, something about like she has to get a job, you know, she. Uh, you know, a new job, a better paying job, and probably so do I. Um, but I said, well, that's not a no. So I, I kind of put that on the back burner. A couple hours later, I'm like, hey, honey, Ireland? She said, maybe. I said, still not a no. And so I got home from work, and I said, all right, honey, uh, Ireland, 2021, Nebraska, Illinois, football, what do you think? Eh, eh, what do you think? And then I, at this point, I'm telling her, you know, it's not just, you know, the the – Football packages through the athletic department that run anywhere from three thousand to fifty five hundred dollars. I'm sure we can get over there, get a ticket to the game. I doubt it's going to be sold out. Yada yada yada. Uh, and she says, "Yeah, we can go." 
And I said, really? And she said, yeah, if you ever learn how to save money, we can go. <laughs> so, wow. Um, so why, why an Irish theme web? Why are you Irish? Oh, uh, we both have, uh, I mean, I'm, I've always referred to myself as a mutt of, of Europe. Um, you know, Italian, uh, Slovakian, German, uh, British, a little bit of Irish. Um, and, and her, have you done one of those DNA tests that tell you all that stuff? Uh, no. Um, I just kind of go more by, uh, like, you know, talking to my family and, and like my grandparents and great grandparents. Um, like my grandma, my dad's side is damn near all Italian. Um, my, my surname, uh, is the English spelling of, of like a Slovakian name. So like Mahachko is Slovakian in nature. Um, or in, and I don't know, na- not nature, but, uh, uh, in, I don't know what, what, whatever the hell it is. Ancestry, whatever. Um, but like my grandma on my mom's side, her maiden name was very German. And, uh, my grandpa uh, is like, his last name is like what Smith is in America, in Wales. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm just kind of all over Europe, but there's Ireland in there too. And, uh, just, you know, photos and, 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 you know, movies and things like that, that have, that I've seen of, that take place in Ireland. It just looks like beautiful countryside. It, it's, it, it's a culture that I've always appreciated. The Killigans, you know, Lincoln based band who did, uh, 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 the Cornhusker. I mean, that, that's the kind of music that I really enjoy. Um, so it's just, it's, it's something that we've always wanted to do and, now, before we get too old, you know, I'm older than she is, but you know, before I get too old, uh, and maybe too unruly for a, a <laughs> an overseas flight. Um, what the what the hell does that mean? Before you get too old, like well, like I said, maybe too unruly. What the hell are you saying? What? No, I'm I'm this this. So how old are you? How old are you? I'm 37. But oh my god, no, hold on. Gonna, your bones are creaking. <laughs> they are actually. They do. And I've already had an injection in my knee, and I've been on light duty for a month for my back, so it's great. Um, my she, mother went to Singapore when she was like 82 or something. Well, she's obviously more of a man than I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't like being in planes. Like I, I've, I've deemed them as necessary evils. Like I can't obviously fly to Ireland, but I, when you have a week of vacation, okay, when. You- when you're on an international flight, people expect you to get up and walk around because nobody can sit in a chair. It's not like a like a what do you want to say an in country flight. Yeah, I, I, I'm the guy who, and maybe international it, flights are. It's are, okay to drink too much and pass out as long as you're not unruly. That's the problem. I'd be getting unruly. I'd be getting fidgety. Anyway, um, so the, the plan is to go, or, or you know, the plan is to start saving some money and going. Uh, I might even do the like the responsible thing and open up a vacation club at my my local bank. Um, we have a banker on the coordination staff, so I should ask him if that's actually worth it or not. Um, but no, we're, we're it's it's the hope to go that that would be the next time that Nebraska and Illinois play in Champaign two years from now, and and that's usually the game that we try to get to uh, because it's you know the in-state one for us, but. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give it a shot, John. We'll see. Get- okay. Well, what happened with me is before they made this announcement, I promised my wife we'd go to the Holy Land next year. So, <laughs> you know, 
So right now our plan is to go to the Holy Land to cleanse me of my extreme profanity issues. Um, (laughs) I I guess I, you know, maybe not. Maybe I'll get over there and I'll make them worse somehow. (laughs) I was going to say, say, do you have a meeting scheduled with the Pope? Because I think there's only one person who can exercise that particular demon. (laughs) Well, we didn't go that far. (laughs) Uh, that be no seriously. If, if you all you know head that direction, uh, and, and I know you will because well, I don't know because you enjoy it as a hobby. But would you be taking pictures like for everybody, or would you just kind of be there in the moment? That that's a good question for you, John. You mean when I go to the Holy Land, yeah. or when I'm at a football game? No, uh, Holy Land. Oh, I'll take pictures. Okay, good because I'd like to live vicariously through you. And I think that that would be okay. a good way to do so. I mean, I, I've carried a camera my entire life. I know, but so I mean, I, I have tons. I have shitloads of college pictures, pictures that uh, I could just blackmail people, and they know it because I've taken like old negatives and posted them <laughs> on my Facebook page, and people. I would get private messages from people, and they would be like, "What? What are you doing, man? <laughs> I have a career." <laughs> so. Do you think you could talk your wife into a trip? Because I, as soon as the Ireland game was announced, I look into Slack, and there's a lot of interest from the Slack, you know, group. Yeah, and, and I'm thinking, well, that's not bad. I mean, maybe we could have a Slack meetup, you know, a coordination meetup abroad. That'd be interesting. Okay, I don't mean to just be a poopy butt, but I'm going to be. My when I said to my wife. The Nebraska Cornhuskers is going to go play in Ireland. And I kind of paused, and she kind of gave me the look like, yeah, whatever. I kind of went, okay, I'm going to try to concentrate on, like, going to the Big Ten <laughs> venues in this country. That's <laughs> That's, I said my goal is to go next year, go to Wisconsin, shoot on the field there, you know, start going to, like, I don't know, Purdue, Illinois. You know, we're going to play Illinois again someday there. Four years probably at this rate. <laughs> Yeah, I know it doesn't sound as exciting as Ireland, but, you know, I don't think me and Guinness, the the home of Guinness, should be really in the same place. You know what I mean? It's, they right. would, they literally would come. I'd probably step off the plane and they go, no, you'll you go home. You you would drink them under I, – I think I think you in your natural habitat of, of Ireland with Guinness and Jameson whiskey. I think that'd be really fantastic, John. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I think that'd be a really like, let's go to jail and miss the game thing. You don't <laughs> think that we, your, uh, beloved coordination squad would, would keep you out of jail or bail you out of jail? You, you, you fucking encourage me to go right <laughs> to jail. <laughs> I wouldn't. You're like, no, don't pass go. Here's go the thing. right to jail. I, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything like that, but I've never been to jail. I'd like to keep that record clean. So, because you're my buddy, I wouldn't want you to go to jail because I, I would I would miss you too much. And since I'm sure as hell not going to be in jail with you, I'd I'd be like, hey hey, maybe maybe that's enough tonight, John. Let's let's go back to the Airbnb where we're all staying. That would be a good idea. You're welcome. No, it sounds it sounds exciting. It just sounds it's exciting for other people, not me, right now at this time. Okay. Um. Eh, the Holy Land will be fun. Eh, you know, one's good for your fandom, one's good for your soul. You know, you know, if it's there in another year. Oh, let's not. 
know, let's let's <laughs> we shouldn't go there. Okay, um, what do we got next? Uh really, the only other thing that I had was that there was a former Nebraska Cornhusker who was selected uh, to be on a an, an inaugural second go around XFL team, a part of the XFL draft. Uh, complete rosters I found courtesy of another site that I'm not going to mention, uh, but. DeMornay Pearsonell was in the, honestly, in, oh, I, I take the back. I think there's two. I got to check one. Hold on. I think, I think we've got two. Uh, but DeMornay Pearsonell was selected by my very own St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah. We're the Battlehawks, baby. I know you're jealous. Um, but it looks like, if I'm seeing this correctly, Alonzo Moore was also picked up in uh, the draft by the Tampa Bay Vipers. Now, their quarterback for the Vipers is going to be Aaron Murray of Georgia fame. Everybody remembers him. But I want to know if this is a name that you are familiar with for uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks. And that would be, I got to find it here, uh, Jordan Ta'amu. Is that no. one you're familiar with, John? No. Apparently, he's another SEC product. Um, went to Ole Miss and was undrafted in 2019. So, apparently, he just finished up his career last year. Um, so, anyway, that's all. Selected. So, the XFL is going to have eight teams. Eight teams. Um, they're going to play... 10 games, and from there, let's see if I, I, I pulled it. Uh, 10 weeks, wrap up uh, on April 12th. Four teams are going to move on to the playoffs with games on April 18th and 19th, and the XFL title game will be April 26th. Now, uh, teams will have 46 players uh, active for games with another six on a practice squad. NFL players will earn $27,040 in base pay with another $1,685 for every game that they are active. Minicamp starts in December. Training camp will follow in January before teams finalize their regular season rosters. I'm looking at this. It shows the head coach and GM of the Dallas Renegades at Bob Stoops. I thought Bob Stoops didn't want to coach anymore. Maybe it was college. I have Bob Stoops' book, and it's 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 actually a fairly decent read. Yeah, he he was one of the. Or I think he was the first announcement uh, that they made when they were, you know, starting to drop. Uh, you know, after they dropped, um, like the cities, they started dropping head coaches names even before they had. You know, like it wasn't only it was about maybe six weeks ago, I think. Where they actually gave the the teams names like the DC Defenders, the uh, the Dallas Roughnecks, or I'm sorry, Dallas Renegades. I'm thinking of old XFL. Um, let's see what else we have here. By the way, more uh, Cardell Jones is going to be the quarterback of, or the assigned quarterback of the DC Defenders, the Houston Roughnecks. I was close. Uh, there's the Los Angeles Wildcats because they need more football teams in Los Angeles apparently. And the New York Guardians with quarterback Matt McGloin. I'm trying to think. There's none. None of these other names are jumping out to me as far as Nebraska players. I apologize. Um, 
no Cottons made the team, uh, made any teams. Um, Seattle Dragons, that one doesn't make any sense to me. And then the Tampa Bay Vipers, so. Interesting. You think people will watch this stuff? I'm going to. I'm actually considering, a, here we go again with you know learning how to save money. I was actually kicking around the idea before the Ireland trip was announced uh, uh, about getting some cheap season tickets to the St. Louis Battlehawks games. So I think you can get ticket packages relatively cheap because it's still kind of an unknown, untested product. So Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've... It's got to be better than the American Football Alliance, right? Or American Alliance of Football? Oh, that's true. Or the Alliance of American Football? Yep. So if if they make it to a championship game, they're already ahead of that. And if they make it to a second season, they're ahead of the previous XFL. So. Well, that's true too. Huh? I guess I haven't. Well, there'll be more about this later on. Well, we we can talk about it anytime you want to. I'll I'll just give me a little heads up and I'll be prepared or try to be more prepared. We did a lot of basketball stories this week on Coronation. Well, yeah, that's because and let's not forget our friends over at of Bangarangs and Daggers, Patrick and Nate, uh also brought in another Coronation contributor, Kevin, uh to talk a little uh hoops action in the episode that dropped a couple of days ago. So I hope everybody has a chance to listen to that. Uh, and John, you've taken a, or, or is it because of the bye week that you're uh, working on a uh, post life crisis episode for next week, or, or um, you know, I, I know you were putting those off a little bit because you said football season so heavy. You know, as, as podcast manager, I allowed that because what choice did I have? <laughs> um, but. We can expect those to pick up a little bit more after football season's done, correct? I hope so, yeah. I, I mean, that's my goal is to do at least one a week. I'm still getting interviewed people. I'm hope- I have a number of people lined up that I've already said after football season. So uh, I will try I will try to keep them going at least every two weeks from for through the rest of football season. They may be about football and they might not be about football. And they might be about you know topics surrounding football. So and there's a lot of great conversations. There's a lot in of there. great conversations. You I cut just, out. I said there's a lot of great conversations that you've had. Well, I'm going to bring up something. Okay. I did. I did a podcast with Louis Curtis, who is the head of the Iowa High School Co- Coaches High School Sports Association. He handles all of the officials in the state of Iowa for high school. Good God, <laughs> he handles all of the officials in the state of Iowa for high schools. Right. I listened right? to that episode. That was a great episode. And he told he talked a lot about retention. Uh, and I know I was I went to work today and I work with a Penn State alum who said that uh, some Penn State people have started a change.org petition to get referees fired. And I know that Monday night I didn't watch the game. I was doing something else. But my Packers won the game over Detroit because of some egregious, horrible calls. And everybody's like, why are these officials so terrible? Why? You know. Everybody's about these officials shouldn't be doing this. These officials are terrible. These officials should be fired. And I, think, I just want to ask people, uh, what fucking officials do you think you're going to replace them with? I, I thought that's, that's not exa- entirely where I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to say, if you think you can do better, go out there and do it. 
You know, no, and- the, the problem comes from what exactly Louis Curtis was talking about in that podcast is that when they have people who start at seventh and eighth grade P- football in high school, they can't retain them. Right. And he was very diplomatic in saying, well, sometimes it's life changes and sometimes it's this or that. And really what it comes down to, it's because parents beat the shit out of them. They don't beat the shit out of them physically, but they get beat up. Yeah. And they say, this is not worth my time and it's not worth the grief of doing this. And if you can't have people start there and move their way up to high school and then move their way up to Division three, two, one, FBS, and then go on to the NFL, you're not going to have good officials. So, you know, it's really cute that you think that there's a holding call on every play. I'm going into another ramp mode in front of my mic. Uh, but you can't just scream and yell and beat up the officials and expect to have good officials. It just, you know, it's kind of like saying fire the coach. Great. Who are you going to replace him with? And honestly, I think we need to – I have tried for a while to come up with a good catchphrase that's, that there should be like a rule among sports fans – that if, for example, you say Cameron Jurgens is a shitty center and he should be he shouldn't be doing that. They need to he needs to be benched. Who are you going to put in there? I'm sure I could come up with some names. That's because I know the names. You know, Adrian Martinez sucks. Okay, well we know the next quarterback because everybody knows their quarterbacks. But that constantly happens. I right, fire the defensive coordinator. Oh, right, who are you going to replace him with? And I really think that we need to come up with a rule that says. They should fire the defensive coordinator and and hire uh, I don't know Bubba Phillips. Who is that damn Phillips coach that like is the head of coach Denver? And I, you know, I don't know. I just threw a name out there. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but you get the idea, right? Yeah, it's one of those. If look, if if you're not pleased with the performance of you know X player, you know player X or coach X, be prepared to uh, provide a one page paper. Of who you would like to replace it, single spaced. Who who you think would be a better replacement than the coach in place? Well, I mean, don't don't yeah. just say or don't just, just and and you see this. In, I say the corporate world, but you see this in 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 work life as well. You can't just complain about something without any type of idea of a solution, and that's where we're at. We're at complaining mode, and we're not at solution mode. All right, are we, are we kind of wrapping up? Yeah. Okay. I, I, th- I think there was something I guess, else. You know, I was I, leaving the game. I mean, it was pretty demoralizing. <laughs> if you want to hear something, if you want, do you, you want to hear something ending on a kind of a funny part, and then I'll talk about the team. Uh, I went to a porta potty at halftime, and since we're wearing these big bulky vests, right? I didn't zip my pants up. So I walked around the stadium in front of thousands and thousands of people with my zipper down, my fly down the entire second half. <laughs> I didn't realize it until we walked outside. I don't know why they does, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a good thing it was cold because Minnesota well, would not be able to handle John's unzipped fly. Okay, about the football team, you know, because I know the blue it's chew. demoralizing. Game because was demoralizing. of the blue chew that John took before the game. What's that? I said it's. I said <laughs> it was a good thing that it was cold out because Minnesota would not be able to handle your unzipped fly. And I said, except for you know, because of the blue chew, the blue chew that you took before kickoff. 
Yeah, that's what I do before kickoff. That's what we all do sometimes <laughs> before kickoff, just to give us an extra thrill. <laughs> Is that what we need? This that's what's missing from the football team. Well, it, it's you know they say you know consult your uh, consult a physician if uh, if it lasts longer than four hours. So sometimes if it's you know like a Georgia Southern or an uh, you know Alabama or Alabama Southern or you know Fresno State game or some you know Northern Illinois. Sometimes I like to pop that blue chew before kickoff and see which one goes down first. Oh my god. Which one which one ends first? Is it the game or is it Wow. Okay. You know, about the football team, <laughs> we do have as many wins as we did of all of last year. Uh are they kind of the demoralizing losses against Minnesota and Ohio State? Yes, they are. I mean, our goal is to get to a bowl game. I think we'll get to a bowl game. I think most people who are reasonable uh, looked at this team and said it was going to be a seven and five or eight and four team, and those would still be pretty good improvements. And I st- still think we're going to get to seven and five. I mean, uh, when Indiana comes to town, and we'll talk more about this next week. I mean, that you know, it's it's really going to be a game of okay. Uh, how much does this team feel about itself? I, I think somebody at the Athletic wrote this, or, you know, is Nebraska going to pack it in or are they going to go on and win? And I think it's a little bit – that's a little bit much to go that far, you know, because we still have, you know, we still have a, a decent season ahead of us. Not a great season, but a decent season. And I guess um, – I hope, you know, that that happens. I think we can beat uh, – Indiana, Purdue, and Maryland. And Let's put this- Iowa. I, I think Iowa at the end of the year will still be interesting, mostly because Iowa's offense just seems like they just can't score no matter who they play. You know, I want to so, make a statement here that I think a lot of people have circled October first, twenty sixteen. I know we're going to talk about it again next week. October 1st, 2016 was the last time that Nebraska won their fifth game in the season. And it was against Illinois at Memorial Stadium, 31-16. to uh, They would win a couple more after that and then lose a couple more and then win a couple more and then lose to Iowa and then lose to Tennessee. Uh, but October 1st, 2016 was the last time Nebraska – won their fifth game. I think going forward, the next time they win their fifth game will be October 26th. I think it's going to happen. A lot of confidence in it. Look forward to sitting and talking with Haas and and you, John, next week about Indiana because we previewed them before the season, but damn how things have changed. So uh, let's get the hell out of here. Let's wrap it up. Let's call it a week, call it a night, call it a whatever you want to call it. Uh, Just don't forget to call me next week, big dog. Okay. That's it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Remember that you can be a part of the conversation, uh, join the conversation, and do so by uh, using your voice. Give us a call. Leave a voicemail, 402-327-1830. You can also uh, find that phone number in any of our past Five Heart Podcasts on coronation.com or jitterymonkey.com if you uh, like the the cut of that particular jib uh you can tweet at yeah, us come on come on argue with me you bastards yeah that that that, that yeah if you want to call john a bastard you can do that by calling 
727-1830 and leave a message for John. Just call him a bastard. That's fine. Um, there was another successful bastard, and his name was John Snow. And since our John was in the snow last week, it's probably the same thing uh, because they're both from the north. There you have it. Anyway, uh, hey. uh, um, I, I'd say that without giving away spoilers. Um, so uh, tweet at us. You know, comment, interact on Facebook, and we, we'll do our best to interact uh, there as well. You can listen to the show wherever you find podcasts, but uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, or, of course, the handy megaphone uh, players that are embedded into your Coronation or Jerry Monkey post. So check those out. For myself, Greg Mahachko, for Hoss Reuter, who is with us tonight in spirit as he had a a busy, a, a, another busy week of, of school events. And for John Dam Johnston, we remind you this week and every week that five heart is all the hearts you need. John? Go Big Red. And win the damn bye week, where we're always undefeated. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Thank you.